What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Magical Living. I am your host, Roger Burrows, and today we are going to keep the conversation going about healthy internet habits. But before I get into that, please be sure to like and subscribe. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can click a link to the podcast in the description below. If you are listening to the podcast and you want to watch this as a video, you can click a link to that in the description below. And if you would like to book a one-on-one -on -one session with me, you can do so using the snug link, you guessed it, in the description below. All right. I've been having a lot of feelings today. Today, I think today just might be, might just be a feelings day. It might just be a feelings day. So I was originally going to talk about this. And again, for those of you listening to the podcast, you have no idea what I am holding up. Uh, it is a book called Pocket Ref. Uh, and it is a 864-page little book about the size of a 3x5 card. And it just has random information uh, that is applicable to North America. Right? So it is very specifically information that is western hemisphere western culture north america uh usa even specific um so it's a random page that i'm flipping open to um oh here we go we got airports in the united states of america um the okay so we got brainerd brainerd minnesota Oh no! Oh no! Sorry, I I'm gonna subject y'all to the accent because uh, I can't I can't look at the word Brainerd um, without at least without at least trying, don't you know? Uh, okay, so we got we got Brainerd, Minnesota, population thirteen thousand one hundred and seventy-eight. Uh, the airport name is Brainerd Crowingco Reg. Not not entirely sure what that stands for. Uh, but the three-letter code is BRD, and the elevation is 1,226. Just random information. Just random information. It's got uh, percent grade to degrees, right? So uh, an 11-degree slope uh, is a 1 to 5.1 gradient. Uh, and a 19.44% grade. Uh, and then at the end, it says the tan of slope degrees equals vertical rise distance over horizontal distance. And the gradient is one unit, uh, one to H over V. And the percent grade is 100 times the tan slope. It's just information. It's just random information. This is my favorite Christmas. I got this for Christmas. And my parents got it as a gag gift for me. And it ended up being my favorite Christmas present. Not because I use it all the time. Um, but because and as when I got it, I lost my mind. I was so excited. Because you remember back in December, like this had been a year after I originally tried to do the digital detox. And I was really trying to be so cognizant and intentional 
about how I was using technology. And because of the pandemic and the craziness and the election and everything, I was like, this can't be right. Whatever I'm doing is definitely on the wrong half of the spectrum. So I need, and again, I knew that it wasn't a thing where the hacks would work. And that again, in true Cal Newport fashion, I was like, I need some sort of philosophy change about how I use technology, what I'm using technology for. And I was in the process of doing that, but everything got really, really muddy with the pandemic and the election and the concessions we had to make, like there were keeping up with the evolving pandemic was not really something that I could wait on that I could opt out for again, because like my physical health was at stake. So I did need to know things like, okay, what are travel restrictions going to be? If I'm, trying to go home for the 4th of July, what's that actually going to look like? Um, I remember at the beginning, we were all about don't touch things, but you don't have to wear a mask. And then that sort of flipped. And like, there were things you had to kind of stay abreast on. And by December, I, like, that's really what I was tapped out from. Like, when I really think about it, I was, what exhausted me about the pandemic was not actually the day-to-day day-to-day of the pandemic because pretty quickly I found a really uh, healthy routine in a lot of ways. wasn't perfect, but I would get up in the morning. I'd go for a two to two and a half hour walk. I'd walk, you know, six, seven miles every morning. And then I would come back and I would play Animal Crossing for at least two to three hours, chop my trees. And like that gave me like the some semblance of structure and then once I, I kind of burned out of Animal Crossing but then I moved to Elder Scrolls Online and I just like I found things to do to make my days you know give them a routine give them a structure I would you know I had my lunch at the same time you know I would tutor here and there nights and weekends in the afternoon whatever listen, we were all figuring stuff out in the first couple of months of the pandemic. And, you know, I I really, truly looking back, I had magical living that I did every day at four o'clock, my time. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, all things considered, like, I'm doing all right. This is, this is okay. We're doing pretty good. Um, And then October came and everything went for Kafka. And obviously you know huge spike in cases things shut down again it it was dangerous to go outside you had to really be careful um we i was dealing with and we were all dealing with the emotional loss of you know we we were all trying truly as good as best that we could um and again i'm not talking about what the people making decisions, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about normal people just trying to get through the day, doing what they thought they, doing the best they thought they could. We were all sort of working towards, all right, this is going to be a tough, you know, spring is canceled, summer is probably canceled, but if we, if we do our thing, we'll be, you know, Christmas will be okay. 
we get to have Christmas. And then we didn't get Christmas or Thanksgiving or how, like we didn't get anything. You're like, fuck. It was just, it was really hard and stressful. And, you know, it was, it was an incredibly difficult time. It really, really was. And now that vaccinations are happening, we're rolling things out and we're doing the things. Um, you know, I, I know that for my part, I'm trying to be more cognizant and intentional about how I use technology, how I digital communication, phone community, like just, you know, we did the thing, we got the big reset, and now it's like, okay, how are we actually going to do this? And I bring all of that up in the context of this little pocket reference guide uh, by Thomas J. Glover is the guy's name. And, you know, it's just, the reason I got so excited about it is I was like, thank God something exists that is informational and accurate and up to date. Like I'm not looking at, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica from 1888, uh, 1988 that, you know, still has the USSR in it. That's not useful. But this was most recently updated in 2019. This is the fourth edition, uh, 13th printing, August 2019. Um, so I trust that it is accurate enough and up-to-date enough. But I just... On like an existential philosophical level, I was so pleased that it existed because it was like, I need something that I can go to. It's the, it is, this is my, this is my Bailey building and loan. This is my Bailey building and loan. And the whole, ah, oh, God damn it. Now I'm going to get verklempt. Now I'm getting verklempt. Because now we're talking about It's a Wonderful Life. And I did not see this coming. But now that we're on this road, we have to keep going on this road. And, you know, George Bailey, he gives that impassioned speech. Somewhere in the middle of the movie. And he says, you know, we need to keep this building in loan. I think it was right after his dad died. And he, again, once again defers his, you know, his travels. And he says, you know, we need this building and loan if for no other reason than people have a place to go without having to crawl to Potter. And I very much see a lot of the internet as the digital equivalent of Henry F. Potter. I really do. And, you know, we see the end, you know, in the alternate universe where he does not save the building and loan. Guys, why? God, get it together. We're fine. We're fine. And we see what happens. We see what happens when we don't have the building and loan. Everything is just cold and transactional. And there's no love. And people are just, you know trying to make i mean it's a it's a hellscape and it's just it's awful it's so every year when i watch that movie like that is here's the thing it's not that the movie gets better it's not that the movie gets better every year it's that as i get older 
I appreciate the darkness and the difficulty of, of like the true existential dread more. Um, and then at the end, it's just, you can't, you just start sobbing. You just start every time, every time. It's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful thing. But I bring up this little book in the context of all of this because it was a reminder to my system that information exists outside of the internet. And one of the things that I've really been trying to process lately is the concept of infotainment. And it's been really tricky for me to set healthy boundaries, have good internet habits, have good social media habits as someone whose job is media. Like, and not only is it media, it's explicitly commute, like, my job is mass communication. So how do I disentangle my job and this thing that I love to do, which is to write and communicate and share with people without these platforms? And it's, it's really, really hard because it's not like, it is unlike quitting anything else. Because, listen, if I had a video game addiction, you know, or, you know, my, like my alcohol addiction, I just stopped drinking alcohol. I was like, oh, I don't get to do this anymore. Cool. Boom. Done. And with lots of other things that I was like, oh, this is an unhealthy thing. Oh, great. I just don't do this anymore. And it was easy to do because it never felt foundational. And I think that if social media, I think that if I worked in finance or, you know, some sort of non-media profession, and in, even more than that, it's not just even non-media. I feel like if I worked in like digital marketing, I wouldn't feel so compelled to stay on social media as myself. It'd be like, oh yeah, I use my brand's Twitter account to engage with the public as the brand. And so whatever I do on my personal time is whatever. But the media landscape now, especially for those of us who want to be on the communication side of things and the public life and the public figure side of things, it's very much about having that little verified check mark next to your name. And, you know, if you work in, again, journalism, communication, personal media, whatever, it's so much, it's the concept of a personal brand and a professional brand are, they are virtually synonymous now. And it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I totally see the value in this, but I don't know how to do it healthily. And I haven't known how to do it healthily. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do it healthily. Um, this is not a small conversation. This is this is a big thing that we all, I think, have to reconcile and deal with and truly figure out for ourselves how how we can healthily engage with these platforms that are hell-bent on sapping our attention. 
And so I've started to do a couple of things um, inspired by the concept of the pocket reference. The first thing that I did was set up a fully analog desk. That was the first thing. Set up a fully analog desk. That's where I do, I, you know, I have my, my day, my plan of the day calendar. I have it as a PDF. I print it out every week and I print out a new set of things and I put it in the folder and then that's my, you know, my, my day planner, right? Uh, I have my paper budget over there. Um, and I even have like a digital calculator so I don't have to be on my phone. Um, so I'll like, you know, pull up my, my banking on my phone and write down all of the expenses. But then when I actually crunch the numbers, then I do that fully analog. Um, I have an analog clock over there. I'm just looking. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of analog things over there. And it's not that it's not that the analog stuff is necessarily more utilitarian than digital, but it's a re I, I need the environmental reminder to my system that a world outside of digital communication and digital productivity exists and works and is valuable. We Okay, so that was the first thing I did. Second thing I did is I rearranged my apartment so that it my TV is now like in the middle of my living I only have a one bedroom apartment. Um, so my TV is now kind of in the middle of my apartment on the console. So it divides up the space so that when I'm at my desk over there and I'm like looking out the window and thinking and whatever, there's no, if I'm looking at in sort of like a 270 degree view, right? There's no, um, there's no digital technology anywhere in my field of vision. I have to specifically sit in front of my television or sit in front of my laptop, which is sort of facing it, you know, it's back to back with my television, in order to even remember that digital communication and connectivity exists. So again, being really, really mindful about the environmental cues that I'm sending myself. And the reason that I like this and the reason that I want to talk about it is that this is the Setting up the analog desk was not that expensive. The, the clock, 15 bucks. The calculator was 12. The notebook for my budget, I think, was 6 or 7. I got a little hourglass because it was pretty and I wanted it. But it, like, it doesn't cost that much to set that up, but the returns are big. And especially with like rearranging my apartment, Obviously, depending on your living situation, you, that may or may not be feasible, but certainly your bedroom, you can you can do stuff like that in, right? Um, but be really, really mindful about what's in your visual energetic periphery. Um, one of the things that I really struggled with when I had my office jobs was that it was like I was sitting in front of a screen and then even if I went, like when I was at, when I was in an office cubicle, it was like screen here, 
anywhere that I turn, it's like, oh, they're working on a screen and they're working on a screen and they're working on a screen. And the receptionist is working on a screen and the office manager is working on a screen and the director is working on a screen. And I was like, do we, I feel like, I feel like a lot of work happens not on a screen. I feel like there's more stuff to do that's not on a screen. And then when I was in a WeWork, even if I go out into the lobby, right, or like the the common area, I'm working on a screen. That per- it's just it's just screens everywhere, everywhere are screens. And I was like, this can't be right. But I didn't, again, I didn't know how to get out of that because I had no frame of reference. Whatever, whatever. And again, a lot of this, it was I a lot of trial and error, just a lot of trial and error. Um, but now I've sort of settled on this thing where it's like, I need to set up my apartment in such a way that the digital stuff, that the digital components of my apartment are very, very partitioned. And here's the thing. I'm not going to spend $2,000 on like a rising TV cabinet. That's dumb. That's, that's not a good use of money at all. Um, because there are so many other things that I can do to sort of block that for myself. Um, so I started doing that again. I cleaned up my phone. I took the web browser off my phone. I took all of the social media apps off of my phone. My phone is basically just, it's like the most social thing on there is the Channy Nicholas app which I can't even do anything with because I don't have a web browser or Instagram or Facebook or anything on there to even share it to social media. But otherwise, it's like my gym app if I ever want to sign up for a fitness class. Or like, as I said the other day, um, I don't know if I said it on here somewhere else, but my, like if, if I forgot, I forgot my wallet one time and I had to use Apple Pay. I was like, all right, that's a fine use of my phone as a wallet, Right. Or if I'm listening to an audiobook, that is fine. But that's all it is. I think one of the things that, um, if you haven't read uh, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, it's a trip. It's a lot. And I actually recommend, for those of you who really are interested in digital minimalism and cutting back your social media usage, I actually don't recommend starting with digital minimalism because I think it'll be too much. I really do. Um, I like even just the way that he was talking about, even just like the interviews I saw of him, like broke my brain. I was like, I am not ready for an entire book that digs deep. Like I'm just not there yet. So I recommend as the, the order, here's the order I would do it in. I would say truly, Watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It feels like an after-school special. It's meant for an after-school special. Anybody listening to this, you're gonna think it's silly and stupid. That's the point. That's why I think it's a good introduction, because it paints this problem in a way that, like, 9- to 12-year-olds will understand. Start with that, then read Cal Newport's newest book uh, called A World Without Email. 
if you want to jump straight to that one, I wouldn't be mad about it. Uh, that book is incredible. That book is great. And it's a really important introduction to the concept of the hive mind and ad hoc conversations and how we're meant to communicate and the failings of digital communication. Um, that's a really, really good and important read, especially in the post-pandemic era, I think. Um, but then go to digital minimalism. And one of the things it talks about in that book is the idea of the one of the reasons that this tech stuff is so weird and sticky and hard to you know disentangle is that every device does everything. Our phone does everything that our laptop does, that does everything that our desktop does. That it you're just like that your work laptop does, and it's not it's not partitioned. Right? And you have to be really, really conscious and deliberate about how you set up these partitions. So he is a big advocate of making each piece of technology single use. So meaning, so I, have, I, right, I got a flip phone. That's when I have to like make phone calls, that's usually what I use. I still have my phone phone, but I don't really use it or think about it. Like, you know, my mom needs to call me. She knows how to reach me kind of kind of 24-7 should she need to, right? My phone, my iPhone, that is my iPod slash wallet. So, you know, if I have to, again, Apple Pay for something once in a while, uh, usually I like to use my physical Starbucks card. But, you know, if I have to Venmo someone something, the Venmo app is really, really good on the phone. I like the Venmo app more than I like the desktop interface. I'm happy to use the Venmo app. That's great. But that's really all it's for. It's just, it's for music and audiobooks. That's really all I think of it. Again, philosophically, that is all that I expect that device to do. My desktop computer. So this one, this one was a little trickier because I use my desktop computer for a lot of gaming. Because I do, I love, I love my computer games. I love my computer games. And I definitely found myself a little bit more falling into traps of like, I'd be playing a game, but then also browsing the web a little bit, and then going on Facebook a little bit, and then going back to the game. And I was like, no, 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 stop. This is not what we're doing. Because back in the day, my, my Super Nintendo did not connect to the internet. If I'm playing video games, I'm just playing video games. And that's what I really wanted to try to do. So I installed um, the uh, Stay Focus on Chrome. And so all I am allowed to do on there is I am allowed to look up like specifically gaming related websites that is fine uh and i put email on there in case i have to like email myself a screenshot or something again because i can't post it to facebook immediately i can't do these things immediately so i was like let me give myself some way to sort of get out of that ecosystem if i need to if something comes up and then my laptop which is what i'm on right now that is an anything goes machine that is, I can use Facebook, I can use 
um, obviously YouTube, I can use kind of anything. And the reason that I feel comfortable doing that is because you can't see it, but my the way that it's set up is I don't have a keyboard in front of my laptop, but it's raised. So if I want to type something, I have to like sit like that, like it's uncomfortable to type. The only thing that this is really comfortable to do is make videos. And that's really all I want to use it for is to make videos and to post those videos to social media. That's all I want to do. And it's very, very good at that. And, you know, this is also where I will check Messenger and my iMessage texts that come in and whatever, whatever. But that's not the primary purpose of this. But I can still access it because I don't want to totally lose functionality to it. But I've put in enough fail-safe so that it's not... I don't have the ease of access like I used to. And again, all of this is evolving. All of this is me slowly refining and figuring out what works and what doesn't and this and that. But I think the, the, the goal with all of this and where I'm at with it and what I encourage you to think about is this is the quintessential example of the journey is the destination. The point of this is not to create perfect digital habits and then be done for it. The purpose of all this and the reason that I'm so invested in this is because the process of developing healthy digital habits is a reward in and of itself because it's helping me understand and integrate what I need from technology, from my life, from my workflow, from whatever I do, and realizing that like, okay, so there, there are uses to digital technology, but it's not like, I, I now have a much clearer idea of the crap that I have to avoid. And it's not just social media for me. Where I really get screwed up is in the infotainment, in the articles like Vox and Slate and op-ed people. Like I get, oh man, I can't, I don't, I don't even, I like don't even mess with that anymore. I can't do it. I have no interest. And it really has, again, primed me to sort of think about, okay, I don't need to stay a like I don't need to stay abreast on a minute to minute basis of the 24 hour news cycle. Like I just don't. That is not a necessity that I have. I do not need to weigh in on basically anything. I just, I just don't have to. Um if something is big enough to break through all of my barriers all right, fair enough. It is sufficiently large that maybe I should think about it. But generally speaking, there's so little that happens communication-wise on social media, on the infotainment-y side of the internet, and it just happens too fast. And my brain can't process it, and... You know, I'm really, really been thinking about like what wore me out during the pandemic was just that I was, my brain was overloaded, not my body, it was my brain. 
So to bring it back around to this little pocket reference, I, I keep this on my desk. And this has been like my new I'm bored button where if I am bored sitting at my desk, daydreaming, whatever, rather than reaching for my phone for some little bit of brain candy, I'll pick up this. And I'll flip to a random page and be like, oh, battery sizes and capacities. There's AAA and AA and C and D and Lantern. Oh, okay. So, right. Okay. So the carbon zinc. Oh, I didn't know that those were called carbon zinc. Okay. So then there's zinc and manganese dioxide. And then there's lithium manganese. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm done. That's all I need it for. Right. And then again, over time, I'm going to wean myself off of that and be able to really focus but if I'm just trying to give myself a little bit of information or satiate my curiosity, I can do it. And I don't have to access the internet and I don't have to expose myself to all of the toxicity and the stickiness and the algorithm and the big, I don't have to expose myself to any of that to give myself that little nugget. And it's helped me sleep better. It's making me feel more fulfilled just to remember that there really was life before the internet that I was very much a part of. Like Web 2.0, I did not start to use Web 2.0 in the way that we use social media now until I was well into my 20s. Well into my 20s. And I had this entire time of adolescence and early 20s-ness where I was like feeling pretty good about a lot of things and my habits and feelings and I used technology and the internet in a really healthy and productive way and it's something I really want to get back to because I think it's very important and as we come out of this pandemic and start to see the world with a little more clarity I think it is worth being intentional about how we use technology how we communicate and be really really clear about what nourishes us and what doesn't. All right, that's all I got for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. As always, please be sure to like and subscribe. I love you. I see you. Now let's do the damn thing.